Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, to grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the people were lining the streets, and the people were waving palm branches. We know this day is Palm Sunday as well. The people were waving palm branches, and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And those very same people who were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, waving palm branches and blessing God are the very same people who in just less than a week, actually, will be saying, crucify him, crucify him. We will not have this man to rule over us. Folks are fickle. One minute they're, oh, yes, please, praise God. And the next moment, crucify him. Crucify him. If you've been with us, we've been in the Gospel of Matthew, just kind of trekking our way through the Gospel of Matthew. And in chapter 20 through 27, as I've told you in past weeks, this is the final week. Got a pen? Got a pad? This is the final week in the life of our Lord. Chapter 23, as we looked at last week in verses 1 through 12, Jesus began talking about the characteristics of false religious leaders and also talking about the characteristics of true spiritual leaders. And there, last week, I felt that last week was a pretty important teaching. From time to time here at Calvary Chapel, you know, I come across one of those teachings and and, uh, and, and I think they're just kind of important, and they are kind of, you know, uh, poignant for the moment, I think. And, and, and that was one of those teachings last week. If you were here, um, I think the Lord really spoke through that sermon last week. And, and if you weren't, you can order a CD from it. There's another teaching that kind of goes along with M- Matthew chapter 23. And that's a teaching I've done some months ago on legalism versus love, part one and part two. And if you'd be interested, you might want to pick up those two. I think these two sermons, as it relates to legalism in the church, um, it seems that I've been talking a lot about legalism, but that's because the Lord talks a lot about legalism. That's because the Lord wants us to focus on grace. The Lord wants us to move away from legalism and draw close to grace. That's what this cross is all about. You see that red scarf on the the cross? That speaks of the blood of Christ, and the blood of Christ has provided us with grace, and he wants us to walk in grace, and he wants us to love each other in grace, and he wants us to be a church that is full of grace and full of truth, just like Jesus, not full of law and legalism. Say amen, saints. And there's so much legalism in the church. It's unbelievable the manipulative tactics I'm getting ahead of myself. But the manipulative tactics in the church to bludgeon people 
with legalism. So we talked about these characteristics of the false religious leaders and characteristics of the true spiritual leaders. In verse 13 through 39, Jesus ends his public ministry announcing eight woes or eight judgments on the bump and stumbling, bruised and bleeding religious leaders. And it is really interesting that remember I told you, listen, give me your attention. Remember I told you that here in chapter 23, we're actually at the last sermon that Jesus ever preaches. Matthew 23 is the end of his preaching ministry. He will no longer preach from this chapter. It is interesting, his last sermon he ever preaches is a sermon on judgment and woes and condemnation on legalism, false religion. Isn't it interesting, the first sermon he ever preached, you'll find in Matthew chapter 5, known as the Beatitudes. And the first sermon he ever preached was not a sermon on judgment, it was a sermon on blessings. The first sermon Jesus ever preached, blessed, oh how happy are the people who don't mourn and seek peace and seek righteousness. People who are merciful, blessed are you. That was his first sermon. His last sermon is, woe unto you. Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. We're going to talk about the eight woes this morning. Look in your Bibles in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 23. We'll look at three of them and then we'll have some comment and then we'll keep on trekking along. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 13. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. But woe to you, in verse 13, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's the Greek word for hypocrite. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. And woe to you, in verse 14, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses and for a pretense Make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. And woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to evangelize and make one proselyte. And when he is one, listen to this Sunday school Jesus, you make him twice as much the son of hell as yourselves. Then I just kind of mess you up. And Jesus, oh, so nice and loving Jesus. Jesus talked more about hell than any other preacher in the Bible. Did you know that? Oh, well, there's no such thing as hell. Well, somebody should inform Jesus. Because he talks about it more than any other preacher in the Bible. Now, now I want you to notice in verse 1 of this chapter, Jesus turns his attention from the disciples and the multitudes to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites. This word woe in the Bible is different than our word woe. I mean, when we say woe, we might be on a horse. And we say woe, horsey. You can tell I've never ridden a horse, can you? Look, I'm from Philly. I ride a subway. I mean, in the trains, the trolleys. Need cheesesteak hoagies. 
But this word woe is different in the Bible because in the Bible, if you're taking notes, this word woe actually is a guttural outcry of anger and pain. A guttural outcry of anger and pain. It's the same word that Isaiah chapter 6, remember he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Same word. The book of Revelation speaks of the coming judgments as woes. So when Jesus uses this word woe, he is saying the things that you are about to hear are, 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 are sure. They, they are certain. It's going to be painful to you ultimately. And notice he calls them hypocrites. Now, I've already told you this word hypocrite is the Greek word, easy to remember, hypocrite. It means a mask wearer. It, it means someone who is two-faced. It means an actor. And so Jesus here in our text, he is going to take the mask off of these actors because they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. They're two-faced. They're mask wearers. The people say in the church today, one of the number one reasons why people don't come to church today, you know why? Because they say the church is full of hypocrites. Isn't that something? And the reason why the world says that the church is full of hypocrites because, you know, because Christians fall short, because Christians are not perfect. We are, we are not perfect. And, you know, I'm not so sure I like the saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. I don't know if I like all them little sayings, you know what I mean? But, but I'm not perfect, that's for sure. And, and we do fall short. And because we fall short, the world and Satan will accuse you and say, you hypocrite. And, you know, the world says that, you know, if you fall short in any way, then you're a hypocrite. Well, well listen, you know, if, if that would be their definition of a hypocrite, well, then I guess everyone in the whole wide world is a hypocrite. Because we all fall short. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. Listen, everyone falls short. So I guess it is true when they say, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Duh. Yeah, but, but what, what, they, they can come and join us because they're hypocrites too. And then we can all be hypocrites together. I mean, think about that. You're sitting next to a hypocrite. Go look at him right now. Go ahead, I'll wait. Go ahead. The wives are like, Pastor, that's what I've been trying to tell you. But you ain't feeling me. But yes, we, I mean, yes, we are all hypocrites. But listen, the Bible, listen to this though. When the Bible talks about hypocrisy, when the Bible calls someone a hypocrite, a hypocrite biblically is someone who intentionally and deliberately uses religion to cover up their sins. That's a biblical hypocrite. Not the world's definition, God's definition. Someone who intentionally, listen, and deliberately uses religion to cover up their sins. And Jesus says, listen, to any man, woman, minister, pastor, elder, bishop, deacon, apostle, first lady, most eminent holy one. I think I covered everybody. (laughs) Whoever you are, if you use religion to cover up your sins, you're a hypocrite. Now, specifically, notice, I've given these eight woes kind of titles, okay? 
So, so number one, Jesus is pointing out, woe number one, they're hypocrites because, listen, they are kingdom blockers. Kingdom blockers, what are they, what's that, Rodney? Well, a kingdom blocker, notice what Jesus says in verse 13. They're not going to heaven, and they block others from getting into heaven. The idea is this, that there are sincere people who are sincerely seeking God. There are people who are seeking to come into the kingdom, seeking to know God. And they come to these religious leaders to know God and they slam the door in their face and they block them from coming into the kingdom. That's the idea. They're kingdom blockers. Now, how did they block people from coming into the kingdom? Listen at this. A parallel account. Luke chapter 11, verse 52 tells us Jesus said this. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away. Watch this. The key of knowledge and you did not enter yourselves and those who were entering you hindered. Did you notice that Jesus says you've taken away the key of knowledge. Remember, these guys are the ones who studied the Bible. They knew the scriptures. Jesus said to them in John five thirty nine. look that up in your own time. He said to the Pharisees. He says, you search the scriptures and in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Jesus says, listen, you guys are reading your Bibles, but you're missing the point. The scriptures testify of me, Jesus. And if you're not seeing Jesus as you study the Bible, then you are missing the point. So they knew the scriptures. They understood the scriptures. The Bible is very clear. Jesus is truth. The Bible is very clear that Jesus is the wisdom of God. The Bible is very clear that Jesus is the key of knowledge. So they held the key of knowledge and they failed to use the key to open the door. How? Because they would teach the word and they made it, listen, so complicated and so complex that no one could understand it. They, they, they would twist and tweak and cloud the meaning of the Bible, thus preventing people from getting in the kingdom, thus preventing people from knowing Jesus. That's what folks are doing today. How many sermons? I've heard sermons and in people's attempt to be deep, they have said things, make comments, preach sermons that I honestly did not understand. They say something and you know what? And here's what happens. See, what they would do is they take the word of God. This is what they do and they do this today. And I'm sad to say I'm sad to say it breaks my heart, but people, this is the majority of what's going on in the church today. The teaching of the word of God, the very simple teaching of the scriptures of the word of God, they twist and they tweak and they yank it out of its context and they read into it what God never meant it to say. And then they apply it in a way that God never meant it to be applied. And then they stand there and they arrogantly Say, oh, well, uh, they make some statement and then they go, oh, 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 y'all didn't get that, huh? 
Oh, okay. Well, you know what? When you get more spiritual or you get further revelation, then you'll understand what I'm saying. I don't know. Look, I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I ain't the dullest either. And what you just said didn't make sense. And not only that, but it wasn't biblical. This is what they were doing in Jesus' day. And this is what they do today. Listen, if you ever hear teaching that it's just not, granted, look, you're not going to get every single thing because every single thing ain't really for you. That's a whole nother sermon. Folks come to church. You know, well, you know, Pastor Ronnie, that was a good sermon, but, you know, I just didn't get anything out of it. You know what I mean? I wasn't really feeling it. And I go, well, wait a minute now. Why, why is it every sermon has to speak to just you? Well, there's 500 people in this room, okay? But it's all about you. Okay, sometime you're not going to like, oh, wow, that was the best sermon I ever heard. Oh, my God, oh, was I impacted. Well, that may not happen every time, but largely from the pulpit of what's being spoken. Listen, an eight-year-old should be able to understand what I'm saying from this pulpit. Your kids should be able to understand what I'm saying from the pulpit. Your kids could be, if your kids, listen, went through the book of Revelation with me, I guarantee you they could understand what I'm saying from this pulpit. If they're born again. Because the Spirit of God is the teacher. He lives within us. He is our teacher, our guide. And there's nothing written in the scriptures that that any average Joe can't understand. Any person can understand it. Jesus' method of teaching, understand something. He wasn't walking around trying to be deep. Jesus wasn't walking around trying to impress people with his... He was God. I mean, if he wanted to say something deep... He'd say something, you'd be like, oh, my, my brain just exploded. I mean, this is, whoa, whoa, man, Jesus, that was so deep. I didn't understand your words were coming out like, wah, 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 you know, wah, wah, wah. You know, you just can't get it. You can't get it. But Jesus wasn't like that. When he preached, people understood. People understood, and kids like to be around him and preach because listen to him preach because he loved kids. Kids loved him and they, everybody can understand whenever if you hear a sermon, and you just cannot understand. Or there's something so deep and so profound. Usually you don't understand it. And the reason why generally you don't understand it because it's not biblical. I'm going to get in trouble for these last two weeks. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> and what's happening here? is that these guys are kingdom blockers. They have become stumbling stones and not stepping stones. You see, teachers of the word ought to be stepping stones to help people to get to the kingdom. Ought to be stepping stones to open the door so that people can come into the kingdom. Not stumbling stones so that people cannot come into the kingdom. Jesus takes this very serious. And that's why, Christian, you got to watch your witness. Because the world is watching you. Because you don't want to become a stumbling stone. You want to become a stepping stone. You want people to see your life as a Christian and say, hey, if that's what Christianity truly looks like, I want to be that. You don't want people to look at your life and say, if that's what Christianity is like, I don't want nothing to do with that. And that's what's happening. Well, that's because we're saying one thing and we're professing with our mouths, but we're not possessing him in our hearts. And we're stumbling people. And someone once said that, People may never read the Bible, but they will read your life from cover to cover. They will. 
And so you want to be a person who is a, a, a stepping stone into the kingdom. Christian and, and, and preacher, minister, radio listener, listen, watch your witness and teach the Bible. Don't become a kingdom blocker, keeping people from the kingdom. Notice woe number two, if you're taking notes, I got to move on. Where does the time go? You taking notes? Woe number two, widow ripoffs. Look at verse 14. Jesus said, notice in verse 14, he says that you devour widows' houses and you make long prayers for pretense. Did you notice that? You see, if these Pharisees heard that the ladies, that a lady's um, uh, husband had died, uh, they'd be the first ones to show up on the doorstep. Not to comfort her, but to take advantage of her. And they would say to her, you know, something like, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to honor the memory of your husband, then support your local Pharisee. Oh, yeah, I do want to honor my husband. I love my husband. And they take advantage of widows in a very vulnerable moment. And they extract money from them. And they tell them, hey, you know what? You should send in, send in your welfare check. Send in your, your, your social security check. Send in everything you have. And, 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 and they take their houses. And they, and they take their money. And they do it all with pretense. Did you notice that? In other words, they, they make these long, holy, loud prayers. And at the end of their long and holy and loud prayers, they'd say, Amen and Amen. And then right after they say amen, they say, okay, enough of that. Let's go rip off some widows. That's what Jesus is getting to. And again, people are doing that today. In the church today, in their begathons. I, I mean, their praiseathons. I'm sorry. Have you noticed they never end? It's like, what? You never have enough money? Never. They never end. They're always on TV. Send them money. If you send in a certain amount of money, then we'll send you, you know, this holy anointed bottle of water. I'm like, what? <laughs> Look, if I pay for water, I'm going to be drinking it, okay? The crazy things that people do. And, you know, I say if these guys are, are, are spiritual as they say they are, they should be sending widows money. Not, not be asking for money. Or they'll tell you, you know what? You need to put your seed faith in. Send us your seed faith. And let me just say something, say it quickly, as quick as I can. The, 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 the seed faith thing, listen, the words seed and faith are in the Bible. But the concept of seed faith is not taught in the Bible. And there's too much teaching, out, too much weirdness. You know, you send in your seed, plant your seed for your need. In other words, you, you buy, buy, buy God's blessings and then we'll pray for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Send us. No. Well, you know, send in as, as the Lord leads as send in as the Lord leads you. And, you know, we, we you know, a minimum of three hundred dollars. But you send send in the Lord leads. 
This is the manipulative tactics that the Pharisees were going through, and people are doing that today. And Jesus says, listen, your condemnation will be greater. Why? Because they knew better. Remember, Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Here's some wisdom for you. In these days of constant fundraising, you need to keep your antennas up and your knees bent. Keep your antennas up. Lord, where would you have me to plant finances and money in the kingdom. Yes, God's called us to do that. Keep your antennas up and listen to the Holy Spirit. And if a church or a group or a parachurch is not teaching the word of God and they're not being true to God's word, don't send them a dime. Boy, I'm going to get in trouble with this sermon. Goodness gracious. So notice the third woe. And again, we can't dig into them too much, but look at the third woe. I call this one double demons. You'll find that in verse 15. Jesus says, you guys travel land and sea and you go to great extremes to win one proselyte. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.